Support for today's show comes from the all-new comedy, Like a Boss, in theaters January 10th. The film stars Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne, who play inseparable BFFs running their own beauty company until they find themselves in over their heads and their lifelong friendship is put to the test. The film also stars Salma Hayek, Billy Porter, and Jennifer Coolidge. Don't miss Like a Boss in theaters January 10th. Better yet, grab your girlfriends and be the first to see Like a Boss as a part of Girls' Night Out on Wednesday, January 8th. These exclusive GNO screenings will have happy hour and drink specials, and you'll get to see the film two days before its official release in theaters. Visit www.likeabossmovie.com for participating locations. This episode is brought to you by Children of Virtue and Vengeance, the instant number one New York Times bestseller and stunning sequel to Tommy Adeyemi's... No, blah, 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 blah. Is it Tommy Adeyemi? Tommy. Is it Tommy? I think it's Tommy. Is it Tommy Adeyemi? Okay. Yeah. Tommy Adeyemi's novel. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Children of Virtue and Vengeance. The instant number one New York Times bestseller and stunning sequel to Tomi Adeyemi's novel, Children of Blood and Bone. This sweeping fantasy series is described as Black Panther with magic, bringing both Black Lives Matter and Black Girl magic into a fictional West African world inspired by Tomi's Nigerian roots. Join the phenomenon and read it now. I figured that was an appropriate opening song for the days and times we're living in. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome to 2020. Uh, this is uh, Barbara Walters. <laughs> I'm really happy. This is to Shirley be here. Walters. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, God? I'm Kia. I'm Jade. And we're back to talk about the scam that is adulting. It's the worst hood I ever tried to live in in my life. Ever. And it's been some doozies. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real live adult in the year of our Lord, 2020. 2020. I'm Jade, and this is 2020. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, sis? Happy New Year. How are things? Oh, happy New Year. Uh, things are things are things. Um, I'm grateful to to make it to yet another year, another month, another day. Uh, and you know the holiday season was the holidays. It was long and it's over. <laughs> hey! Yes, it's over. We've you? survived. Now we have to get through the year of January. Yes, we do. Oh my God! And what gosh, a year it is. Oh my gosh! You know January takes forever, but. We're going to make it, you know, I mean, it's also, like you said, it's a blessing to be back. It's a blessing mm -hmm. to, you know, be on this side of the ground. Perspective. Um, 
and you know we don't take anything for granted we're grateful um you know for being brought and kept all the way through 2019 we're looking forward to what 2020 Ooh. has to offer us yes we are has to afford us in the way of lessons and mm. you know ongoing learning because i think that that is really what this whole adulting thing is about and brooklyn's um, not going to change so it's going to be loud <laughs> oh yes this is yeah. true yeah always. um every single time so, yeah, we're glad to have you back. Thank you guys for bearing with us for our little holiday break. We're excited to be back. Um, yes, we are. Around the kitchen needed. table. Yeah, man. Um, and we hope that you guys enjoy your holiday seasons Enjoy and got a little brief bit of respite, a break to um, just kind of reflect on all that the year, you know, was. Mm-hmm. Um, all the year 2019 was and all that 2020 will be. So we're excited um, about what's in store for each of us individually and collectively as a team here at Getting Grown. Yes, we've been working on some good things and we're excited to bring those to you all this year. Absolutes, absolute salutes. Well, we got trash. I'm sure because we do. that's not changed. So mm-hmm. let's go on and get right on into it. All right, let's do it. Clean up woman time. A clean up woman is a woman. All right, so let's take off some trash. We'll start off with some fun stuff, you know, because that's because it's the new year. Why not? Let's do it. So we had the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not watch them. You know, I didn't either. You okay? When so we didn't. We did not come to talk about those. What we did come <laughs> to talk about though is Jay Z and Beyonce. Strolling into the Golden Globes on CPT, carrying their own liquor. Really? Mm. I didn't they even short- know that was a thing. <laughs> I found out when I was looking up trash. <laughs> and I just thought it was the most black thing in the world. And I it thought is. it was great. It is the quintessence of blackness. We and always rely on Beyonce and her husband for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was like, when I put out mood forever, I'm going to show you all exactly what that means. So Jay-Z and Beyonce strutted into the Golden Globes. They came in during, I think, Ellen's uh, (laughs) Achievement Award. Oh, my god! With mad bottles of Ace of Spades. And um, apparently, so you know, the Golden Globes is, is, I think it's sponsored by Moet. So you know Moet's all over the place, but Jay-Z's not getting ready to be drinking no Moet. So (laughs) he brought all his Ace of Spades. And apparently, (laughs) because you know, White women, they like to mooch. I don't know if y'all know that. White women like to mooch. And so uh, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and uh, another one of them, they made their way over to the Jay-Z Beyonce table and then took a picture of it afterwards. Like, well, of course we were going to ask them for some of their liquor. What y'all thought? (laughs) With their their pictures of their glasses of Ace of Spades. So I just wanted to shout out that very uh, beginning black moment of the year, mood all year long. Indeed. Um, also speaking of the Golden Globes, I don't know if you happen to see this clip of Tom Hanks' son speaking Patois. I, I feel mm. like I, I... Or some variation of something. I feel like I have seen that on my Instagram feed at some point. <laughs> he, he said, big up Trudy Massa. <laughs> I'm just confused. I mean, I understand. I, I feel so like I knew that um, Tom Hanks son chet i believe is his name chet yeah he dabbles chet. in blackness he yes and he, i feel <laughs> like he is the father to a black child he is the father to a black child fascinating well it makes sense for tom hanks to be the grandfather to a black child just because 
this man sat up on the TV and told us how he likes to play spades. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing that foolish, uh, that foolish, uh, what's that, what's that, uh, cookout talk? Because I feel ways about inviting people there. But I will say that Tom Hanks did give me joy when he spoke about playing spades. And it makes sense that he got him a black grandchild. But this patois situation. What is the meaning of it? Like, what is it about? I, is, I don't know. I, I don't think understand. he was just trying to show you all that he loves his blackness and yours. We, we, don't, <laughs> we don't need it. I mean, I was confused when I saw it. I was just really trying to figure out, like, was this some sort of, like, what did it come from? Like, oh did it? God. Did somebody ask? It, like, what, what prompted it? I want to ask Ty to put a clip in. <laughs> Big up, big up the whole island masses. It's that boy Chatana coming straight from that golden glove, you want to say? Me father Tom Hanks presenting in a watch too far, what come? Big up, big up, It was so entertaining. Oh and then, of course, people in the comment section are like, we blame Drake. <laughs> now, I don't get it. I'm like, well, what, is, what does it all mean? Y'all can't blame Drake because Drake too stole, you know, cultures. Anyway, um, moving right along. Okay. Uh, your girl, Amanda Seals. I don't have a girl by that name. <laughs> I just wanted to see what your reaction <laughs> No shade, you know? Somebody's like, girl, I don't know who's. Uh, is Amanda Seals is now a permanent co-host on The Real. Congratulations to her. That's awesome. Yes. Um, shout out to Char. I don't know if you all follow Char, Char on so. Twitter. Yeah, Char mm-hmm. Say So. So Char put up a, a one of those polls earlier today and i don't ever answer twitter polls nor do i hardly ever see them shout out to you char but she said oh she's gonna be a co-host on the reel she's like will y'all be watching and the answers were like absolutely and hell no (laughs) (laughs) Mm, well you know and i definitely voted uh, i feel like you all can figure out which which way that i i don't know i don't maybe i should stop talking i think that that's great for her why should you stop talking she don't Mm. <laughs> I just I don't know Amanda Seals. I don't um, I don't you know, but I feel like in what I have observed of her based on, you know, her social media presence, um and, and that kind of thing, I I feel like there is a a, a way in which because I don't feel like I disagree with everything she says. No, not at all. Um, and I, you know, I was, you know, and I'm always here for a black woman getting a check. Right. So Much respect to her and all always. of, all of her professional pursuits and endeavors and the things that she's been able to accomplish. But I think, I think for me, it, it's always about like, I feel like she's an acquired taste and I feel like, yeah. you know, the people, yeah. people, I don't feel a way about saying that because I feel like I am too. I think that there is just sure, like a certain, a certain there are certain times I, when she's done things or said things, and I've just been like, mm. <laughs> okay. Like, nobody came and got me from the party. Well, I that is telling. Mm. <laughs> that is just <laughs> very telling. She's an acquired taste. Yes, she is she an is. acquired taste. And, 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 and same as you, I do not disagree with everything she has said. Right. I think I she's th- made valid points. Mm-hmm. Um, and we celebrate uh we celebrate most black women outside of Stacey Dash and Amarosa. <laughs> what? Um, well, black women, you know, Stacey Dash. Right. Y- yes, she's something else. But we celebrate, you know, women of color who who achieve things um, howsomever. 
you know, yes, certain people are acquired tastes. So, I don't know if you saw the video of the man on the four train. That picked who, up the other girl? Who was accused of kidnapping the, the young girl. So, if for those who don't know, there was a man here in New York in the Bronx on the four train who was um, accused of attempting to kidnap a teenage girl on the train. And there was a video that was posted. And then you see him scoop her up take her off the train but then you see him sit on the bench so then there was a follow-up videos there were two follow-up videos there was one where niggas in the bronx got busy on him when they figured out who he was then there was a another video a third video where they caught up with the man in the bodega and he was like let me i would like to set the record straight here now i am not telling this story to say that i believe this man i'm not telling the story to say that i don't just telling a story, so don't don't come at me for nothing. So if you look at the video, he's talking to somebody in the video, and then he scoops the girl, he gets off, puts her off the train, and then he sits on the bench directly outside the doors. I've so that was interesting. Um, and then he says in the third video that the girl was not a teenage girl; that she was a crackhead. And she was telling him, because you see him talking to her. You see him talking on the video, the first video. So he says she was asking him for help because she said the man who she was, who was sleeping on her, who she was sitting next to, was trying to abduct her, he was trying to hold her hostage. And the man goes, all right, I'm going to scoop you. Like, when the train stops, I'm going to help you get off the train. And that's why he picked her up. He's like, I was not trying to kidnap nobody. I got five kids, blah, 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 blah. This just sounds like a like a real crackhead story. I just and that is why I wanted I said none of these things make sense, but I thought it was quite interesting. And I say all of that to say be careful. Mm. Ladies just be careful. Keep your tasers on you, your mace, your pocket knives, whatever you need to do, your crown royal bag full of quarters, whatever you need to do to protect yourself. Protect yourself on the train because you don't know where people are coming from, what they're doing, and people out here are sick. Um, so, uh, also, uh, Nick Gordon, did you see that Nick Gordon passed? Yes. Nick Gordon was the uh, boyfriend of Bobby Christina, and he passed from an alleged overdose. So, that's it's just a really sad... Sad, yeah. sad. I mean, he's only like 30 years old or something like that, right? Yeah, he's young and um, just all the events surrounding that entire situation are just really heartbreaking. Uh, Georgia rep John Lewis, mm -hmm. uh, who is also, you know, who is he's done a lot of work in the community, has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. So we want to send our prayers to him and send our love. Um, John Lewis is very respected in the community. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like an advocate, like all of our lives, yeah, he's worked absolutely. on the behalf of, of of black people, people of color, other marginalized communities, mm -hmm. um, literally fighting for our civil rights as human beings. Um, worked with you know Dr. King and all in the likes of all of those those great mm -hmm. people. So, um, like you said, prayers. Yeah. Um, to he and his family as they navigate this particular challenge. 
Absolutely. And that's it for our trash this week. Dang. I thought that was enough. We had a couple other things, but I said, you know what? We'll just forego. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yes. I, I think I know the answer. But did you watch Kevin Hart's documentary? No. Okay. But I, I do, but we can talk about it because I, I read up enough. He was initially on the trash, but I took him off. <laughs> I don't feel like, I didn't, I've, I've probably made it through maybe like the first 15 minutes of episode one. And I just, I don't know what happened. I think I was getting my tires when I tried to watch it and then my car was ready. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. I think I just wanted to see if you'd seen it. Okay, um, so... Listen, I have not, but I I know enough. After we spoke about the Lil Nas X uh, situation last, and I believe the episode that followed that, we had an, a, a technical issue and it never came out. But in the initial episode, I spoke about his roundtable and how, um, you know, I didn't know which direction he was coming from. And then I went back and I watched the interview after the episode. And I was like, oh, okay, he was coming from a kind of demeaning, dismissive sort of uh, stance What is what it seemed like, and I didn't like it. Kevin Hart, ain't, I ain't never been no Kevin Hart fan. And I feel like the more personal things that come out about him, the more I'm like, well, I'm glad I was never a Kevin Hart fan. Because this nigga apparently said in the documentary, well, so he cheated on his wife, his wife, Aniko, who didn't he cheat on his first wife with Aniko? Or no, nah. I don't know if it if he cheated on his first wife with Aniko, but I do know that he cheated on his first wife. We know he cheated on his first wife. I'm not gonna shame the girl and say if he cheated on her with her, but I know he cheated on his first wife. And then I guess it came out that he cheated on Aniko while she was pregnant. Mm, and I feel more. like there's like a per, a special personal hell for niggas who cheat on pregnant women, who cheat on who cheat on people in general. But I think there is like a really special like little place in hell for niggas who cheat on pregnant women. Um, and then Aniko got on there and apparently said she was glad the situation happened because mm. she felt like it made him a better man. Okay. And here he was, you know, 444 and all over, all over the, the, the Netflix and the airwaves and the sound waves and however, whatever kind of waves come from TVs. And I, you know, your crocodile tears, I mean, I'll go swimming in them, but outside of that, I feel nothing. So I feel like what has been the um, part is I feel like, you know, what's ironic to me is that given, um, you know, what Kevin Hart's been most known for in the media here lately around the the time well his apology for his homophobic remarks and mm -hmm. his reaction around that apology and him resisting wanting to apologize or having to apologize over and over and over and over again um i think what's interesting is in this particular documentary this his infidelity um is a theme and he apologizes and you know you know like he has apologized before Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, the ways in which he, uh, like his apologies lack accountability and they also lack like change behavior. And I think that that's really, really interesting given 
his reticence to keep apologizing in one instance, <laughs> but then his tendency to keep apologizing in other instances. And um, I think um, it's really just interesting to watch. And to me, you know, it just makes me think of like what I did see of the, of the documentary it's like more insight into who he is as an individual. Mm -hmm. And so like connecting those things is like really interesting to me. Like what, a, what about Kevin Hart? Like what are the things that we're observing about the fabric of who Kevin Hart is as a person and what that means? Like, you know, the, using that as a lens for thinking about his behavior and the things that he keeps doing over and over again. Um, so I'm like, so, you keep apologizing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you could. You keep apologizing. When you gonna stop doing the stuff? You it's keep, just like, yeah. <laughs> just you like, keep apologizing for her. And, I, and I, I really feel bad for Aniko. And I wish that she had a publicist or someone who was, you know, just able to think about these things. Or even a family member. Something like somebody who could tell her how she sounds out loud. And, and caution her against, you know, saying... I don't know. I just don't know what value... I don't know. Maybe I should. I have to think about that more. And maybe because I, I haven't said that I'm not going to watch it because I do feel like I want to really, really, I want to hear Aniko's comments for myself so I can form my own opinions. Mm -hmm. But um, based on what I, I, what other comments that other people have made, other reactions to what she has said in the text, like because I have seen like transcripts of what she said mm -hmm. on a documentary. I would like I wish I just I just it was I don't feel like it was in her bet her comments were not in her best interest. Um, I just and I, I don't just... feel like they made they represented her all that well. Well maybe I, maybe that's not the way to say it. Clearly, you know, I don't know. She she's she's more than has every right to like speak for herself, but I don't know. I just I I, I felt sorry for the way that it that sh that people were interpreting her comments. I don't know mm. if it, I don't know if, if that was I doubt that it was her intention for people to perceive her in the way that she's being perceived. I'm sure. And um, it made me feel bad because I wondered, like, you know, if someone was around, if there was anyone that would have might have let her know, like, you know, if you say this, these things might happen <laughs> or people. It will lead people to believe these things mm -hmm. and, you know, like kind of talk through those things before she said it. And I, this is a very tender space for a woman to be in mm -hmm. and I just I just feel really really I don't know I feel ways about that kind of vulnerability being on film and like being produced for mass consumption in these ways mm -hmm. um especially but, when most people don't have your best interests yeah and and I I really like really made my heart like I I see her as a victim in all of this and I feel like she was kind of coerced and cajoled into kind of uh supporting her husband and making in his narcissistic agenda versus kind of being authentic to herself um and really talking about these things um and how they impacted her and how you know how his behavior what his behavior meant for her and how it how it yeah, all those things. So, and I will say this, but and I'm not going to say nothing else. I've been floored by the amount of people who are like this documentary like 
is just life changing and kudos to Kevin Hart. Oh, life changing. I just feel like there are so many people, men and women, I have seen on social media commending Kevin Hart for this documentary. And I'm just like, huh? But mm. but like, yeah, I don't I don't see it as, you know, this this example of authenticity. Like, I don't see it as that. Um, that that's not what I get from it. But it seems like people are just like, this is just powerful. I'm like, mm. what? <laughs> what is going on in America when this Kevin Hart documentary is deemed powerful? Like that, I think that says more about us as a society. We're doing things. Well, anything you know, else. Society has given me a, a, a lot of pause uh, through a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> it's so. just like, huh? Like, I just, and I will say this. I keep saying that, and I, I keep saying I'm not going to say nothing else, but I keep talking. But I've noticed that there have been other male figures, male public figures who have been caught in some infidelity at some point during their lives or careers. They seem to be the ones who are so deeply moved by this. Um, and I think that that is just, that is something that, that's just, that's a, we can't ignore that. <laughs> like, no. That's an interesting correlation here, people. Speaking of uh, questionable societal members, mm-hmm. um, oh boy, I forgot to add this to the trash. Harvey Weinstein you was know, charged with rape in L.A. What in the world is wrong with Harvey Weinstein outside of the obvious? But oh. like, it seems like all of these allegations have made him physically ill. All of a sudden. <laughs> like, of course. He... Look at Bill Cosby when he was about to, please. I'm like, every time I see a picture of him, um, a recent picture of him, he is just all bent over and pitiful looking and just breaking That's down. They and I'm do. just like, it's, what, where, when, did this, when did his health begin to de- decay? Like, what right. happened? When did it came when you was, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's he convenient. Was, like, you was ruining other people's convenient. lives and you went top health when you were ruining other people's lives now you're being held accountable and you can't walk and you're sad and you're old and you know this is rich and fascinating and it's just it's it's amazing like how much they age and how many ailments decide to just like swiftly make their way to the surface as soon as these niggas start being held accountable and um this is just as his New York trial begins. And I thought it was important to mention this. And the reason I said questionable society, people in society is because there was a whole gaggle of niggas who were out here talking, well, well, we, we out here trying to get our Kelly, but what's going on with Harvey Weinstein? No, nigga, get all of them out of here. Yeah. Every last one of them. Get them all out of here. And to that point as well, um, you know, the part two of the Surviving R. Kelly mm-hmm. uh, documentary came on last week. And in that uh, pr- promo for Surviving Epstein also aired. So I think in the spring they're going to be doing another documentary, um, you know, highlighting the heinous crimes of that particular individual. So, Did you watch the part two? I did. I watched the first part of the part two. I think there's only f- five parts this time and, okay. and not six. But yeah, I... Th- I think I think I've seen them all at this point. I think I might have a little bit of the final one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I did watch it. Those poor babies. I watched so- it with my grandmother, which I have to say, 
Um, I understand it is a and I'm not not nothing about any of this is a laughing matter. But watching this with my grandmother provided me with a certain level of levity. I can imagine that in watching it with an older black person. That really helped me because, you know, usually when I watched it the first time, it was very heavy and it was hard for me to go to sleep after. But being able to to watch it with my mom and my grandmother, it was really an experience. And maybe I'll tell you all about that one day. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. My God. And that is the trash okay. this week. Um, let's move on to our shout outs. Let's do it. My sister's popping right now, like. All right, so I wanted to begin with our very first shout out of 2020. Hey. Um, so I believe we've shouted her out before, but I wanted to start the top of the year because I thought it was dope what she's doing. So Phyllis Iller, a photographer out of Atlanta, she actually captured Getting Grown's Atlanta live show. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as so many dope events around Atlanta. She takes pictures of beautiful black people. She knows how to capture us in a light and raging from all shades that is complimentary to us. And so in celebration of 2020, she's running a 20% off special on all headshot sessions. So during the shoot, you're going to talk your shit. She said, dream aloud, put forth your intentions for this year. And just when you think you're dreaming a little too far, she'll be there to affirm you. So it'll be a magical experience. We'll put all of the information in the description box. So this is, if you are in the Atlanta area, this is for all of January. She's running a 20% off headshot special. So for anybody who needs their headshots done, Phyllis is the dopest behind the lens, okay? The dopest. Go get your picture. So all of that information will be in the description box. You can check her out on Instagram at Phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S dot Iller, I-L-L-E-R. So shout out to she. She's at the Westview Art Studios. And again, all of the information will be in the description box. Indeed. Let's move on into this kitchen table, though. If you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain and enjoying breathtaking visuals and a gripping story, your answer is Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a casual game anyone can play. So I love Best Fiends because I can play it on the train when I don't have any service. I like to see all about the slugs, okay? The slugs are what got me in the first place. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike other puzzle games out there. Plus, they update the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. It also does not require internet to play, so it's great for traveling. Hello, like I said, I play it on the train. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Kickstart your New Year's resolution with Teamy Greens. Teamy Greens powder helps increase the amount of veggies and superfoods you're intaking daily, which in turn can improve gut health and energy levels. With 16 antioxidant bursting ingredients, Teamy Greens blends of nutrient-rich superfoods will help keep you feeling energized all day long. With a busy schedule, it can be hard to meal prep and stick to eating clean. I know that's right. But Mm. Teamy makes it easy. Just one scoop contains all the superfoods your body needs. You just add one scoop to water or a smoothie to get a ton of nutrients and vitamins to start your day off right. And due to the potency of green superfoods, Teamy Greens powder is very high in both vitamin A and vitamin C. Now, we all know that I am a woman of a particular age, but I don't want to look like a woman of a particular age for many, many years to come. 
I know that that has very much to do with what I feed my body. As such, I'm very much looking forward to the way that the Timmy Greens Super Poo Powder I'm going to add to my bottled water as I scoot out the door in the morning is going to do to maintain the elasticity of my skin and greatness for years to come. So Timmy Greens are a delicious, simple way to get your daily intake of nutritious greens. So make sure you go to TimmyBlends.com and use the code GROWN at checkout for 20% off a $29 order. That's Timmy, T-E-A-M-I, blends.com, code grown, and you'll get 20% off. All right, guys, let's gather around the kitchen table for the first time in 2020. Um, <laughs> we are indeed living in perilous times. Oh, um, and I have to be honest, I call Latoya's, I don't know, I don't know if I shared this, but I decided to drive to Tennessee um, because, you know, I'm no stranger to a road trip. My family and I, my, I was raised on them. My family mm-hmm. was really big on road trips. And having been on, I've been on like 40 planes in 2019. I also needed to take care of some other things. Um, and just was like, you know what? I, I love the flexibility of having a car. And, you know, if I drive, I can come and go as I please. So mm-hmm. I decided to load up my laundry <laughs> <laughs> into my car. You college student. I drove down on Christmas Eve and it was actually really, really cool. Like I was not at all pressed. I'm really good like at road trips. Um, Mm -hmm. Like as long as I have enough rest and I have, uh, you know, lightning cords (laughs) and, uh, you know, and I don't stop all that much. I literally stop twice, like just to get gas and food and and um, like go to the bathroom. But 10 hours I was there. No problemo. But that's not, um, bad. that's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. As I was um coming back uh to DC yesterday, I called Latoya. I got an alert on my Apple Watch um that's you know that said that I ran uh, announced that it was no longer abiding by the nuclear uh bomb agreement that they signed in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um and I, you know. Literally cut my music off and everything and was just, like, riding down uh, I-81, like, praying out loud. <laughs> like, Lord, what is going on? Everything is going crazy. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, y'all's president has, again, taken matters into his own hands. Um, and His I, tiny hands. <laughs> authorized, his tiny orange hands. <laughs> and, I don't know, authorized the attack that resulted in the, in the death of... The second, uh, I think his name is Soleiman. Um, uh, yeah, um, his name is. I, oh, I, I had this right here. <laughs> I had this right here, ready to go. Um, Soleimani um, was the. Uh, oh goodness, uh, he was an um, uh, Iranian major general in the mm-hmm. Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Kasim um, Soleimani. Yes. Um, so he literally like the that nigga in Iran. <laughs> like literally, um, it would be Ooh. the equivalent of somebody killing Colin Powell back in the day. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, Iran has I mean, you guys I mean been listening to the news, um, um and all of that. Iran has been very vocal about retaliating. Um, and there being some sort of attack on the United States and all of this talk about World War Three. Shout out to Twitter for the memes that have carried us through. 
Wow. Yes. Um, but you know I mean in all seriousness this has resulted mm-hmm. in a lot of people from the armed forces being deployed and people who are already deployed mm-hmm. uh, you know literally there's been an attack in Kenya so there's all kinds of things that are going on mm-hmm. um, and casualties are happening um, and the uh, thought the the idea that that we are under, we could be under some sort of threat of attack, is not a far fetched one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, Toya and I were talking earlier today about what to do. Like, you know, because I, I, I think a lot about, you know, being a single woman living here in an area where I don't have any family, um, and what what would it mean? Like, if something was to hit the fan, what steps do I need to take? Um, how do I need to to prepare? What are the things that I need to be thinking about? So uh, I mentioned it to Jade, and we thought that it would make for a good kitchen table talk for us to to talk to think about what something what are some of the things that we can do or should have in place uh, such that if anything happens, we can be m- more informed, more more ready. I don't even feel like ready is the right word because who can be ready for something like this? Right. But um, just I feel like in the vein of our show and us talking about how to navigate being adults, you know, if something happens, we have to be adults, right? So we have to face it kind of head on and just wanted to kind of broach a conversation around our feelings about these things. And again, what are some things that we could be doing to um, be more informed, aware, and prepared citizens to respond um, to the event of some sort of disaster. Now, I will say, um, Iran spoke out because, you know, it started buzzing. and we were, it, it was buzzing all over the world. And Iran spoke out and said, hold on, y'all. Let's be clear here real quick. Um, we ain't got no problem with the Americans. We got a problem with you. Because I don't have no problem with y'all. Let's just be clear. Let's be very... I want y'all to know that I I think that you are fine people. (laughs) I think you're great. I tweeted in response. Upstanding citizens, really. It was like, listen, yo, I will bring a bottle and some ice, whatever y'all need. We can break bread. We can have a meal. We sure can. I don't have no problems. Really? No problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't literally. no problem. Like we could literally have a cookout and we can share and and just have a good time. We sure can. But I'm sorry. Fellowship. I cut you off. No, but you're I, just wanted, I wanted to just emphasize that I too have no problem <laughs> with problem. the Iranian people. No. None. We ain't got no problem with y'all. Y'all ain't got no problem with us. No beef. We too have a problem with their leader. Please make that aware. And I would ask because I did hear also that in that in their statements around mm-hmm. um um their uh where their beef is directed right mm-hmm. so their mm-hmm. beef is not with american citizens their mm-hmm. beef is with leaders mm-hmm. and and one leader in particular and the one that lives not far from me yeah um, so i would only ask but that if y'all also, are going to do something yeah. like just let me know cuz i can call out <laughs> please. please i can call out and find somewhere else to be man but you got to just give up. Give if you ain't got no problem with the American people, just give us a little 
a little wink. Listen, a little you head could nod. send us a DM or something. We can circulate it through our Twitter. Um, we will not spread it to any news worry. outlets. It's safe. We know how to do these things. We are we versed. Sure we are the people of the Underground Railroad. We can get a, we can get a message spread, okay? Y'all forget, we have secret black people We meetings. know how to do this. <laughs> we, we have secret black people meetings. We know. And they put $80 million on your boy's head. A bounty. And, you know, it really made me think, like, hmm, do I hmm. want to... You know, do I want to throw my ring into this? <laughs> but Listen, eight, I've been eight. watching Godfather of Harlem, and huh. I was on the episode where they was betting uh, between, um, between I think the boy's name was Dante Jones, maybe, and Muhammad Ali. And I wanted to, I, I'm, I'm willing, you know, to go play the numbers real quick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, what is it? It's eight to so eight? Much. Not a problem. <laughs> so, so we just wanted to make it explicitly clear before we get into our get ready packs Listen. that we also don't have a problem with you all. And uh, what's the long, you know, we want that to be, be that, be very clear. So. My Bible instructs me to live peaceably among all men. And that's all what I'm here to do. I'm here to do that. Peaceably. Y'all know I love all cuisines. Listen. I love all people. I respect all cultures. You know what I'm saying? And some of it, like, we are really just, we just trying to, we got our vision boards. We're trying to see 2020 through. Mm -hmm. We don't want no smoke. No. Look at, we got Yara Shahidi. She is <laughs> a good She's like a nice balance between the two of our people. You know is what I'm saying? Is she Iranian? She is. Oh my god! She's Iranian and black. She sure is. So That's like, so you know, Yara. <laughs> we, That's we, our niece. You know, we stand for her. We stand this for show. Yara. So we just want y'all to know, like, it's not a problem. But in the vein, you, that doesn't mean that things will not happen because things have happened in the past, and we know with uh, the little dick uh, authority that we have oh in word. office and all running through our government and um and including the men who came up with everything <laughs> sweet we got to stay ready so sis what do you have first on so, your list um there are things that we just should need that we need to kind of keep in mind as uh, adults we need to be ready operating in the event of power outages, any kind of things like that. Um, uh, one of the things that I've been, I did some research online and found, uh, you know, kind of like things that we need to be doing, making sure that we have gas in our vehicles at all times, mm -hmm. making sure that we have some cash on us at all times, not like an absorbent amount, but enough to move things around. Mm -hmm. Um, um, have your passport readily available, having I, having ID on you, um, and, you know, having a plan. Um, that's really the, the, the most important thing, not leaving anything to happenstance, but having a plan, um, between for yourself and for your loved ones of what steps and what steps to take and what things to do, um, you know, meeting with your family members to discuss the dangers of the emergency, um, and discuss how you and your family will respond to each kind of emergency. So knowing how to contact everyone, mm -hmm. um, um, knowing how, you know, if there's going to be a meeting place, uh, you know, what that's going to look like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what to do in case of power outages, having batteries and flashlights. I did read one resource that says that we should kind of keep 
change of clothes with us mm-hmm. at all times. Just having like a gym bag with some other things. Um, uh, selecting two places to meet a spot outside your home for an emergency, such uh, you know, and then, and then um, a place away from your neighborhood in case you cannot return home. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and just having like those kind of meeting grounds, um, uh, identifying people out of town or relatives that will be your emergency family check-in contact for everyone mm-hmm. to call if the family gets separated. So, you know, that would be the equivalent of like, you know, you and Tristan agreeing to contact me. If you can't right. reach each other, like you can try to contact me or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and knowing where things are in your home. Like if you are home and things hit the fan, knowing where things are in your home, like fuse boxes, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> this thing said like landlines, but many of us don't have landlines <laughs> anymore. Um <sighs> But yeah, it's like, uh, you know, knowing, just having things on the ready. You don't want to have to look for like batteries and candles and things. No. Um, But having those things prepared, keeping your family records in waterproof um, or fireproof kind of things. You can purchase them online. Yeah. Um, There's also um, emergency backpacks that you can purchase online. Amazon has them, Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, there's a few different websites that you can contact and there's different tiers and prices of the backpacks that you can purchase. They've got some that are like 30 something dollars and they've got some that are 300 and something. And they're 72 hour backpacks uh, with emergency supplies in them, which are always good to have on hand. Um, Having uh, your insurance policies, like information, Mm -hmm. um, if you, you know, for whatever insurance that you have, health, home, uh, you know, car, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, having access to that, you know, uh, such that, you know, you, you can get it um, if you need it. Um, let's see. Uh, this thing, I don't know if we have any homeowners, but, like, thinking about how, making sure you know how to turn off your water, gas, and electricity, um, like the main switches. Mm-hmm. And if for, if for any reason uh, you need to turn off, like, your natural gas service, um you know, don't, uh, just it says here, don't attempt to restore gas service yourself. Um, and if you have pets, always make arrangements for your pets. As most shelters do not allow pets. Um, right. So uh, prior to the emergency, contact your um, local emergency management office, ask them uh, for resources um, regarding what you can and should do for your, your pets and animals. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. You and mentioned it, but I I I have to emphasize, you damn get your passports updated, and if yeah. you don't have them, get and, them. And this was a thing, like you know, because uh, like I said, I I just spent a significant amount of time with my mom and my family, um, and my grandparents, and they don't have passports, so mm-hmm. we've been um, trying to navigate what the process, like you know, trying to get those things in place, um. Yep them um and even having conversations with my mom was like what do i need a passport for i'm like because girl if we need to get the t- tf we will like uh, <laughs> <Right>. asap <laughs> um but but you know just thinking through these things um and um having a, an emergency kit prepared and these are some things we have also a list of things that should be included in the emergency kit um, and this is something that I need to do because I don't have any of this stuff in my house. 
at all. A bottle of water, Mm -hmm. one gallon per person per day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Ready Mm -hmm. to eat canned foods. Um, They said powdered milk, which I'm not. I just, what? What? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But having these kinds of things, I guess, pet food, if you have pets, specialty foods for elderly and people on special diets. Um, High energy foods like peanut butter, jelly, nuts. Uh, yep. dried meats like jerky, granola, trail mix, energy bars, uh, making sure that your prescriptions are up to date and you have at least one week's supply of your medications at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, toilet paper. <laughs> to- Costco has a lovely... We have got to... I mean, first things first. Also, <laughs> uh, like... I papa. You might want to also <laughs> add to that, you know, some wet wipes. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. baby wipes. And on-hand deodorant. Absolutely. A hand sanitizer, brush. toiletries, toothpaste, deodorant, feminine hygiene supplies, a list mm-hmm. of family physicians, or important medical information. Um, and if you have things like pacemakers, make sure that you have the style and the serial number on hand, such that if the American Red Cross needs to get these things for you, you'll have that information for them. Um, personal supplies like a change of clothes, having rain gear, sturdy closed toe shoes uh, for each family member, Mm -hmm. Um, sleeping bags or bedding if you have them for each family member, an extra pair of glasses or contact lenses, Um, and like uh, the document holder with your ID, credit cards, traveler's checks, cash, photocopies of important family documents, including home insurance information, Mm -hmm. um, health insurance information, etc. They said if you do have like you should have one gallon of liquid chlorine bleach available, flashlights, one for each room in your house, uh, LED lights, glow sticks, extra fresh batteries, whistles are good, gasoline if you plan to use a generator, um, mm-hmm. charcoal if you plan to have a grill situation, disposable tableware including paper towels and napkins, a manual can opener, plastic bags. Uh, Charged up external USB yeah, uh, or chargers. like a battery pack and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, and emergency first aid kits, um, you know. But these are just the things that we should be thinking about. We're praying that we won't need or there won't be any sort of... <sighs> but I guess in these Ooh. things, like, you just never, ever know. You got it. And, and it's good to have these things ready anyway, just in the yeah. case of any emergency, whether it be... Because, listen, if it's not these idiots in, in, in government... It's Mother Earth is purging us. I yeah. don't know if y'all I mean, realize that. There was an earthquake <laughs> in Puerto Rico today. There was an earthquake in Puerto Rico, um, which I didn't find out until until later on. Yeah, and Australia um, is on fire. Australia's on fire. We knew about the Amazon weeks ago when the Amazon was on fire. Like, the Earth is purging us because we have not been good to she. And so, with that being said... You need to be ready at all times, regardless. Now, if the earth's purging you, there's really no hope, period. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm Don't saying? Say She's that. gonna open up and we're all gonna fall in. But no, or I, think, <laughs> I think it's good <laughs> but, because I mean, you know, I'll speak for myself. These were things that I was used to my parents or yeah. other adults in my life taking care of for me. Yes. But now I have to not only be responsible for these what things. What the fuck is going on? Oh my. It's just siren after siren. Oh. 
um, I not only have to be responsible for these things for myself, but I now have to consider what these things mean for my parents and my grandparents. So, um, I mean, I definitely with the, especially this past holiday season felt the weight of the shift in responsibility in my household. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I, I, I think about things in very different ways. Um, so I, I thought it would be cool for us to talk about them at the kitchen table because there may be others of us who are, you know, 20-somethings and 30-somethings and may be dealing with the very same things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like you said, and, and I think it's a lot of things we take for granted. Even I have to speak very candidly as a parent. There's a lot of things that creep up on me um, every single day that I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. Life insurance is so important. So important. something happens, you got to make sure your family's taken care of. You are the sole responsibility of those who are under you. And like Kia said, whether it be older people in your family or if you have children, that's when it really starts hitting us. I didn't realize until recently, I was like, you know what? I need to get a fire safety box and put all the documents in that box. Like I have an area where I keep everything but I need to be able to have that so I can snatch it at any given moment and go on and we have everything we need. And it's just good to have your thing centrally located and protected anyway, regardless. So these Key and I just thought this was a, a good, important conversation to have um, in light of everything that's going on. But just in general, some of those reminders that we ourselves need as well on, you know, getting all of our our documents and all of our things in order so that we can have as seamless of a transition as possible if we are faced uh, in an emergency. Totes my goats, man. So if there's things that we miss or things that you guys want to add to the conversation, y'all know how to do that and get busy in the comments. Mm. Um, Our comment section be popping. There's lots of conversation there and lots of useful information being shared. So if you want to join that conversation, you know how to do that. Not only in the comments on SoundCloud, um, but um, our Twitter feeds and our mm-hmm. Instagram feeds um, as well. So, um, yeah, what are some of the things that you guys are doing? I'm trying I also, in addition to kind of preparing kind of my personal documents, I'm also very mindful of the things that I don't want to lose. So, you know, certain things that belong to my brother, certain things that are important to me, certain things that if I need to kind of make a mad dash from my house, knowing where things are so I can put my hands on them and literally um, go if, if that's what I need to do. Um, you know, that that's what it is. But be safe, be informed. Um, and if we stay ready, we don't have to get ready. And this, these are just times, you know, that we all have to navigate and it'll be a lot easier if we navigate them together. Um, so don't be afraid to ask questions of, you know, anybody. Um, and, and don't be afraid to, to uh, share what you're learning because all of us will benefit from, um, you know, what, what, we, what we put out into this space. And don't be one of those assholes when people ask questions where you get all condescending and you're like, well, you didn't know that you need to. Don't do that. If people are asking questions, it's because they want to know the answers. Don't be one of those people. Absolutely. And find out what resources are available to you in in the cities and states that you live in. Um, I know like New York State has in a, a weird prepare. They have like a 
citizens preparedness course that you can take to kind of navigate certain uh, disasters, how the state of New York handles certain things. And I think every state has these kinds of things in place. So do some Google searches and see what resources are available to you and your family um, so that you can kind of have these things um, in your, in your toolbox as well. um, As we kind of just literally try to figure out how to get through this tough time together. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, shout out to y'all. And let's move on on into the honesty box, shall we? Yes, we shall. Designed with measurements from millions of women, Third Love's bra styles are made to fit your life. They have over 80 bra sizes, but know that the only one that matters is yours. Y'all, if, if one of your titties is going to Arizona and the other one is going to Massachusetts, it doesn't matter. Third Love has a bra for you. This is hands down the most comfortable bra your own with straps that won't slip, tagless labels so you don't have to worry about that little itch and scratch, and lightweight memory foam cups mold to your shape. Plus, returns and exchanges are free and easy. In fact, thanks to Third Love's perfect fit promise, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it and third love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering our listeners 15 percent off your first order go to thirdlove.com slash grown now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15 percent off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com slash grown for 15 percent off today today honestly truly all right we're gonna open our honesty box segment with a bang this year Uh, It's a bit of a lengthy one, but let's get to it. She says, hey, aunties, happy new year. And like a size 14 font. (laughs) We appreciate the both of you, this podcast and everything this podcast represents. We're having a conflict with the faculty of our Masters of Counseling program, and we'd like to hear your thoughts on it. You can call me Cheyenne. Oh, okay. She gave us a, she gave us an alias. Okay. You can call me Cheyenne, and we've provided pseudonyms for everyone else as well. So feel free to read as is. This story is pretty long, so bear with us. Oh dear. I don't think we've ever had a collective petty piece. So I think it's dope. I mean, a collective uh, honesty box. So on Monday, November eighteenth, y'all better give us dates. Me and my best friend Toya had an oh okay had an hour long conversation after class with our white classmate Cassie about our experience in class. The conversation highlighted what's going well, what could be improved, and what we observed from the professor. She was in total agreement with what I experienced and shared the same concerns and observations. I specifically told Cassie that I had no intentions on bringing my concerns up to faculty, and I would rather write my feedback on an evaluation form because it wasn't that deep. On Thursday, November 21st, Cassie was pulled out of our class by faculty. Although I knew I didn't say anything inappropriate or unacceptable, my antennas automatically went up. Mm -hmm. Later that evening, I received an email from the coordinator of the program stating that I needed to see Margaret, the director of the program, next Tuesday for a mandatory meeting. After that phone call, I received a call from Cassie. She explained that she told faculty the details of our conversation and her intent in doing so was because she wanted me to have a good experience. I was annoyed. I replied to Margaret that I wasn't available that day to meet and asked if we could meet on Monday instead. We couldn't come to an agreement on when the meeting would be, so I proceeded to to class as usual. When I arrived to class on Tuesday, I was surprised to find out that the entire class had been kicked out and demanded to join the class across the hall so me, Cassie, Sharon, my professor, and Margaret, director of the program, could have a meeting. 
Yes, they interrupted the instruction of 20 people to hold a meeting about she say, she say bullshit. Might I add that everyone in the meeting is white, except for me and the professor who was Latinx, but operates like her white colleagues. I was enraged because of how this meeting was forced upon me. As soon as the meeting began, Cassie falsely stated that I didn't like my professor. Yes, this bitch straight up lied. Mm. Mind you, what I said about my class experience had nothing to do with the professor as a person and all about her problematic practices. Favoritism, lack of student and professor collaboration, over-talking students, making people reveal their past trauma to the entirety of the class without consent or proper closure, etc. Black people at this institution have zero allies to support us through intimidating situations like these. Thankfully, my best friend was present at the initial conversation, so I went to grab sis from across the hall so she can back me up. This meeting was called supposedly for resolution purposes, but the bulk of it resulted in she say, she say, since I had to defend myself against this lie. They were also gaslighting, manipulating, and being dishonest about what they knew and the purpose of the meeting. Ultimately, I ended up having to reveal what I anonymously wrote on my evaluation form in the meeting to the professor's face. She was so pressed about wanting to know why I didn't like her, so I had to tell her what was exactly said. After doing so, Toya straight up called Cassie out, asking her why she was being so timid because she had plenty to say in that hour-long conversation. Y'all tell me why this bitch is going to say I have a problem rescuing people. In my mind, I was like, I'm not a pet. This professor's feelings were hurt and nothing I said was addressed. Mm. However, Sharon did decide to minimize my experience and feelings because to her it was outdated, as she stated. What? That was 15 weeks ago. Needless to say, the meeting was useless and people were pretty upset. Me, Toya, and the professor left campus for the day and Cassie went back to class. Since then, I have had to change my class and advisor from Sharon to another professor and Toya has been mandated to change her class without reasoning or to withdraw from the program. We've also been emailed various times demanding to meet with Margaret about this situation. We feel harassed and unjustly targeted and have reached out to a lawyer for protection. We've also contacted a former black professor who gave us guidance to contact the Diversity and Equity Center. We've not heard anything back yet. We've reached out to both the dean over our program and the dean of students. Me and Toya are highly aware of the racial biases, power, systemic oppression involved in this situation, which only perpetuates the stereotypes that white people have about black women. The reason why this situation is unsettling for us is because in certain moments we feel empowered and know that we're making the right decisions to advocate for ourselves. And on the other hand, we still feel scared, intimidated, and powerless. Please share your thoughts. We welcome any advice that you both may have. Thanks so much for your time, Cheyenne and Toya. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so like usual, I think I need like a recap of the broader points. Because okay, so much has happened. It was a lot going on. All right, and so the first the first problem is that they had a meeting with Cassie. They talked about their experiences in the class, and then Cassie went and opened her mouth. Cassie is the professor. Cassie is the white girl. There's just the white girl in class. Yes. Remember initially, okay, so Toya, Cheyenne, and Cassie had a meeting where they, uh, or had an hour-long conversation, excuse me, about their experience in their class, okay? So the, the conversation highlighted what's going well, what could be improved, and what they observed from the professor. Was there a purpose behind this meeting? I don't think it was, a, it, it didn't, it wasn't a meeting. It was just a conversation. Okay. So in that, in that in, conversation. In Cassie snitched. Yeah. 
the takeaway was it's all good. Like the, I think they were just having a little venting session. You know how people do at work or school or what have you. But at the end of it, I'm sure Cassie was the one who brought, well, what are we going to do about it? And Toya and, Toya and Cheyenne were like, well, nothing, girl. We're just going to write it on our evaluation and keep on pushing. Cassie started the fire by opening her mouth and not opening it accurately. So she started up some shit um, by, by stating that the girls didn't like their professor, Sharon. Um, remember, Margaret is the director of the program. So Margaret's the one who wanted to meet about this. And when, when uh, Cheyenne was um, confronted when she went to class and she was surprised with a meeting, like, you need to come and talk to us. And then she went to go get Toya across the hall. That's when they had to basically defend themselves the entire time. So after that, since then, Toya and Cheyenne have both had to change their class and advisor from Sharon, which was the professor, to another professor. Oh, Cheyenne, excuse me. Cheyenne had to change her class and advisor. Toya has been mandated to change her class without reasoning or withdraw from the program. And Margaret, which is the counselor, she's the one who keeps contacting them. So they feel like they're being harassed by her um, because she keeps trying to have meetings with the girls. Uh... So yes, that's the recap. They are reaching out. They've reached out to the dean over their program and the dean of students. They've reached out to the diversity and equity center. Um, they've not heard back, and they've reached out to an attorney because they feel like they're being harassed. And so they want to know if we have any advice or thoughts. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Well, let this be a lesson. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, first and foremost, and I'm not saying this, you know, from uh, never. This is not like you know me judging or saying mm -hmm. like wagging my finger in disapproval never. at you, but I do feel like every woman of color mm. in academe, whether student in the world. Well, true, but I mean, I'm speaking academe specifically, but this, gotcha. and I mean, but it does happen everywhere. So yes, every woman of color everywhere, but I'm just speaking from a personal place here. Every woman of color in a classroom is going to confront a white woman with a savior complex. Mm. And it's just a matter of when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen at some point because, you know, um, I have found in my experience that there are white women who believe that their, you know, level of wokeness and awareness is predicated on who they, quote unquote, help. Mm -hmm. Right. So who they can say, like, like Cassie felt like she was advocating for you. Did. Um how and, I don't know, but she did. Right, but there's a way that they do this that is that is <clears throat> that further marginalizes. So I, when I said let this be a lesson, I feel like we have to be aware that these spaces that are oftentimes deemed safe spaces are not safe for us, 
And I, I'm learning in my own practice to come away from using that term safe space um, because I recognize that safety is relative, right? It's not mm-hmm. like what, what is safe for me or what, like you may not know the conditions that make me feel safe. And the conditions that make you feel safe are, you know, respective of you and your privilege and how you sit and your positionality and, you know, your vantage point um, point in a, in a particular space or exchange. And that could be altogether different for me because of the identities that I have and carry. So all that being said, we have got to learn how to find ways to support one another um, as people of color. Um and it's just one of those, another way, this is another way that the tax of blackness is made manifest, right? Mm-hmm. So we are not able to speak with transparency in every space because in these instances, our words are often twisted and misconstrued mm-hmm. and turned around and used against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I said, let this be a lesson that there are times in situations where as much as we feel like we need and deserve space to vent, we have got to keep our traps shut. Yes, we do. Um, and that's and just, that's, and again, that's not, that's not a diss to you all. No, all, by any no. means. It's because, just, yeah, we it's all just, learned the lesson. Yeah. I'm saying it's just, if it wasn't going to happen now, it was going to happen later. It's going to happen. And this, this is not, again, I'm glad you made that point. This is not specific to academic spaces. I've just seen it happen there, but this mm-hmm. happens everywhere. There are spaces, there are coworkers that you will have that will make you feel like you can talk shit about your boss to them. You cannot do that. <laughs> there are people who make you feel like you can, you know, kind of say what you, oh, girl, you can, oh, we, it's just me. No, you have to, we have to find ways to have, our guard must never be down, ever. And Mm -hmm. that's unfortunate, but we have to find, that's why other spaces, um, you know, that's why um, having other spaces and other communities where we can kind of just, you know, speak liberally and process these things, um, are so necessary. We don't always have access to those spaces uh, where we, you know, where we live and work and, 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 and are educated. So all that being said, I don't necessarily know that there is a, a clear path forward in terms of you guys being able to you know, fix this or this being fixed. Because it's clear that folks are have, have reacted to what was said and egos are involved and bruised. And now this counselor person is in damage control mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if it were me, I think I would take this time to assess, you know, how much stake I have in this current situation. If this is, like, when I say stake, I have, I mean, like, you know, if you guys, if this is your first class and your first semester, you got to deal with these people for another two to four years, depending upon your degree program, um, you know, then my advice to you might be, you know, you might want to consider whether or not it's worth navigating this kind of discomfort and angst uh, is worth your while. But if this is your last class, right, and you don't have to deal with these people but just for a few more months. So I, I think it's kind of personal and relative to where you are. Think about your program, where you are in it, your goals, um, 
and, and literally do a cost benefit analysis of, of each of your options. Right. Mm-hmm. If you do what these people say, I mean, take, you know, I mean, control for all of the things that we know. Right. We know that every that that you were wronged. We know that people operated um, and, you know, you know, in ways that they thought they were helping you, but further marginalized you and now have made your life more complicated and difficult. We know that you have been um, kind of uh, attacked, so to speak. Um, and we know that, you know, the way that power is set up, we may or may not be vindicated. Mm-hmm. Right. If you control for all of those things, if you think about it, like, you know, cost benefit analysis of like, you know, how long can you deal with this? Is there a fix? Like, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of information here. And I don't I don't necessarily know that I know what to say as far as like you should do this or you should do that, because I think it depends. I think but, I think if, if I I'm sorry and I didn't no, even interrupt. No, you didn't. I, the, all the steps that you all have taken so far, I think, have been great steps speaking to speaking to an attorney to see how you can handle it especially if it's gotten to that level if they're threatening to kick you out of the program you know or putting you out of classes and not letting you not giving you reasons why if they're constantly harassing you from meetings that are unnecessary and wasting your time and you being able to focus on your program i think all of the steps that you all have taken contacting the dean of students contacting your 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 dean contacting the um the equity and diversity program. I think all of those have been great steps and now it's kind of just a wait and see. Um, but in the interim for any of our thoughts that you were looking for key and I, we, I think this was a good lesson. <laughs> like she said, initially, this was a good lesson and, and sometimes dealing with the whiteness that some white women exhibit um, and knowing how to take those lessons and apply them in our future lives because it's not going to be the last time that you encounter something like that either. This is not a one-time thing. Sometimes, you know, sometimes things can happen to you and it's not even your fault. You can be, I'm sure the conversation you all were having was a very innocent conversation. And you may go into a space where you have a white coworker who you become cool with and then you all speak about some job things and then they go and do the same thing. So it's just a good lesson for you to take on how to proceed socially when it comes to dealing with them. But as far as you all's program is concerned, I hope for the best. And I feel like you guys have taken all of the steps that you can take right now. And you just have to be patient at this point. Um, Yeah, I would add to your list of people to contact on your campus, though, the ombudsperson. mm -hmm. Um, I think. I don't know. It's ombudsperson, right? So I don't know. It used to be ombudsman, ombudsman or ombudswoman, but ombudsperson. This mm-hmm. is this is the person who um, um, can literally be like a who who is aware of you know all of your institutional policy surrounding certain things and can make you aware of um, what you know your options at the institutional level and and the ways in which the institution um, can or the can can advocate for you or won't advocate for you. So just kind of like, and, and it also can be like that neutral third party and kind of mediating difficult conversations as well. So if there is an ombuds person on your campus, can I you would O M O M B U O M B U D S. Omsbud. I'm going to look it up. 
Okay. But, um, yeah, Just so it's on. easier for them to locate. Because I know when you said that, I was like, well, how the fuck do you spell that? <laughs> I think it's O-M-B-S. Hold on. Mm. I thought it might be a O-H-M situation. Mm. Maybe it was a German word. Um, Hold on. Jesus. Maybe I was You see wrong. why key is good? Y'all see? Oh, because, God. come on, get your Aquila in the B on. Spell Amsbit. Can you use oh, that I in a sentence? Right. Okay. <laughs> O-M-B-U-D-S. M A N. Okay. That's Ombudsman. Ombudsman. Uh, so it's a public advocate. It's an official who is charged with representing the interests of the public by investigating and addressing complaints of maladministration or a violation of rights. Oh. So that's literally the person on your campus who, and I feel like every campus has to have one, um, mm. but that's the person on your campus who is in place to kind of help you mediate these things and can kind of come in and make sure that at the programmatic level, the director, um, the coordinator, everyone is doing things in ways that don't compromise your, your rights as a student um, and keeping things above board in terms of what the institutional policy is regarding whatever these, because I mean, I would, those are questions that I had when I'm listening, like, you know, who, like, there is, uh, you know, one could argue that Cassie violated your right to privacy by going back and talking and then for this information to be used to make decisions as far as whether or not you can remain admitted into the program. It also sounds like, you know, that's... And then the harassment from the... That's going to be a no-go. So, um, yeah, find out. Use this person as a resource on your campus um, and they can kind of help you to kind of think. And this person, you don't have to pay a retainer like you would have to pay a lawyer. So I know that you said that you have contacted a lawyer, but this person is is the person in place um, who can advocate for you. And this is, you know, that's a that's a, a a right that you have as a student there. I know you pay a student fee, and these things, these supports are covered. In, in that in those resources so i hope that that's helpful um and please keep us surprised let us know what the next steps are um yes. but you know like i was saying unfortunately for those of us um of, of who carry these identities when we find ourselves in these spaces this is unfortunately par for the course and we have got to learn um, that the, you know everyone who sits down at the table with us and says to be says that they are an ally is not. Um, and I hope yeah. this is a lesson for anybody listening who considers themselves an ally, and you all start thinking about the savior complex as well. And if there's any way that you have been exhibiting such a behavior, I mean we're here to have honest conversations. So yeah. I know there's a couple whites sprinkled in there who <laughs> listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's something and I feel like people and it's something feel to like think they, about because yeah. you gotta see how you're affecting other people and people be claiming honest intentions but intention doesn't absolve you of a responsibility we say that doesn't. all the time so if if you know regardless of how Cassie or if Cassie because I don't even know if I buy that but I don't either especially Cassie, the way that you all said that she mm-hmm. she was speaking in that meeting I don't I don't know I want to know what's it to her Right. Or why she felt like, you know, like I would want to know what her personal investment in was in, in putting herself in this particular position. Like, um, girl, did we have a joint grade? Like, right. were we like, on a group project like, that did I didn't I know need about? You? Did I ask you? And I think it's okay after this, you know, hopefully after, I mean, or after or during or whatever, I do feel like I hope the opportunity will present itself for you to kind of ask Cassie those questions directly. 
Toya and Cheyenne. Run up. No. <laughs> no, because I think it's valid. I know it is real valid. valid. Like what what would make you feel like I would need you, somebody like you, to speak for me in these ways? Am I not capable? Did you not think that I was capable? And I mean And letting her know the implications of her big ass actions, big mouth ass actions, because it's like, all right, girl, so you went up in this meeting. We don't our our grades have nothing to do with one another. And now do you realize all of the things that have happened? post this meeting all, all of the things that we've had to deal with i'm being threatened to be kicked out of this program if i don't pick another professor i've had to switch professors that's trauma in the middle of my damn uh you don't get to put nobody out your class because they don't agree with you like that's not something nah. that, that you have mm-hmm. a right to do i mean but yeah i i agree you yeah, sometimes we have we have to learn how to call people on their privilege when they flex it yeah like you know what i'm saying like so cassie you, what privilege did you think that you had that you felt like I needed you to do anything for me? So are you acknowledging that you feel like you're a better position in this program than I am based on who you are versus based on, based on who I am? And don't let her cry either. Well, she's going to cry. But <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> she's going to cry because she'll find a way to make herself yeah, the victim, no. child. She will. She'll dig those tears she up from the, will from the depths of her toenails if she has to. She herself in a ninja-like fashion <laughs> to become the victim child, in this situation. Every time. Did I ever tell you about that Marilyn Monroe-ass girl I used to work with at the at the jazz <laughs> no. club? It was one particular New Year's Eve. This has nothing to do with the honesty box, but she was a white girl. And um, she was real happy and real, you know, happy birthday, Mr. President. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, real lots of red lipstick. She drew the fucking mole on, like, all of the the whole nine. Dyed the hair blonde, but the roots never matched so much. So... It was New Year's Eve. We all we all had to dress up and um, and you know come to the club and work. I worked at a jazz club and it was like a big thing. People paid like a thousand dollars a ticket to listen to Wynton Marsalis play and eat a you know three course dinner and dessert and all of that stuff. So at the end of the night, you know, then the staff gets real drunk after everything's done because it's a hectic night. So mm-hmm. Tristan comes through in his tux and you know the, the staff celebrates later on. End of the night, we're all done, and we're about to leave the club. And here she comes over, leaning over. <clears throat> Good night. Gives him a kiss on the cheek, right? <laughs> so, I don't like that. I'm not even one of those, but I was like, but she had a really bad reputation for sleeping with various musicians. Girl, get your, get and these your were just roots. Get these your platinum things. hair and black roots. <laughs> get yourself. And that's what I was like. Mm-mm. I was like, all right, all right, we've had enough. Cause she comes, she trying to give another. I said, we've had enough. Go on, go home. So she's like, what? I was just saying goodnight. I was like, but you're doing too much. Go home. So here she goes, trying to explain. And I finally got, and I was like, if you don't get the fuck on somewhere, you're going to upset me. Please, Please. leave. Please, Please go home. home now. I told you to go home five minutes ago. So she runs off crying, does one of them DJ Tanner runoffs, starts crying. So she goes up to the manager who was also sauced out of his mind. And she's across the club and she's holding, we had really big leather menus and she's holding one of these menus up to her face, but you can see her red forehead while she's bursting in tears. And I scream from across the club, flood the club with your tears, bitch. I don't give a fuck. And she... 
crying, just crying. I tell this story just to say, just to reiterate the point that Kia and I said, they will find the tears even when they are at fault. They're going to cry. They're going to cry, but you stand your ground, Cassie and Cheyenne. I mean, uh, Cheyenne and Toya, you BFFs. <laughs> All right. Hope that was helpful. That very long honesty box response. <laughs> continue, continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And let's move on to this black woman. Self care. I deserve a All right. It's time to talk about the ways I take care of me. <laughs> I bring me. I bring me to the conversation. Um, I will say this. Uh, I, no one's going to believe me, but it's the truth. Okay. I, well, maybe let me, let me, let me, let me make sure that I am telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say this. Okay. Okay. Yes. For the first was, I was, I was in Nashville for about 10, 10 days. But for the first week from Christmas Eve until, um, I would say until New Year's Day, I did no work. Yes. <laughs> yes. I did no work. I did no work. I, I, there were things, there were times I had to, you know, I got up and was helping out around the house, but I'll allow myself to sleep in. Uh, I allow myself to lay and do nothing, um, you know, and I just spend the time with my family that I intended to spend. Um, I, I, while I was driving down the 10 hours, I had plenty of time to reflect and think and pray and talk to God and talk to my brother and talk, just talking. Um, and I, and I said that, you know, one of the things that made me feel really heavy and, I'll be honest, discouraged me at the end of the at the end of the year. We're talking about feeling really like drained in December. Was so that I really went really hard after my goals this this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally left it all on the floor. I didn't take any breaks. I didn't take any vacations. You didn't. Um, and even with all of that, I can say um, now that I still did not meet all of the goals that I set for myself. I will admit that some of the goals, well, all of them, or trying to meet all of them may or may not have been feasible, right? So um, when I really sit and think about that, it may have been ambitious for me to take on all that I took on this this year. But not, or falling short of the mark that I set for myself or where I wanted to be in December of 2019 left me really discouraged because it was like, girl, I just gave it everything I had and I still didn't do all that I wanted to do and have had to readjust my timeline um, on some other goals and things. And, you know, just being honest and kind of sitting and reflecting and kind of taking inventory of, you know, the decisions that I've made, I can say that I really needed to just kind of take a time to just like clear my cookies, like, mm-hmm. like, like, just clear it all, like, mm-hmm. clear my cachet, just, yep. just so I could really start over on a new year with a blank slate, let yep. myself off the hook, 
right? The things, there are some things that I started and didn't necessarily finish, but progress is progress no matter the pace, right? So I didn't get where I wanted to get, but I did get somewhere that is not something that I should, uh, you know, overlook. So I took time off um, and going forward, I'm going to work and work that into my practices, um, you know, make that a part of my routine, having rest be a part of my routine and kind of reclaiming rest in that rest is not doing nothing. Like you should not shame yourself from rest. Rest is necessary. Rest is a part of the process. If you don't take um, rest, then you compromise other parts of your process. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm working and, and being more diligent about reclaiming my rest time in 2020 um, and proving to myself that that's not, that that's not going to um, limit my productivity, but improve it. I'm, I love to hear it. Amen. That makes me happy. I'm so glad you got some rest. You ain't do shit. I didn't. I didn't think you would do it, but you did it. And I, I lost it. money, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, my black woman self-care. <sighs> so started a workout routine. Hey. I'm keeping it real simple. Started a workout routine, you know, recognized that I need some help in that area. Whereas your girl used to be an athlete back in the day. I am no longer. And I don't want to be one of those people who's 35 years old talking about, I used to run track. Girl, that was 20 years ago. (laughs) Do something else. So I'm doing something else. And um, started a workout routine. I know I need some help. So Fran and I, who live, we live very close now. Um, we've, we're going to, we've started, we're starting working out together. Uh, we have a time and days and, you know, things we're going to do and that motivation is going to be good. Working in community is helpful, um, when it comes to certain things, especially working out for myself. I know that's not for everybody, but so a workout routine is happening. I know my body needs some movement. I don't really have goals of like, I'm trying to get to a size six or, I don't really have all of that. I just want to be as strong as possible so that, you know, when this nigga continues to while out, if I have to row myself in a kayak once again, like I did a couple years ago, I won't be winded in the process. Um, and my arms will be strong. <laughs> and my heart will be strong for my child. And you know what I'm saying? Just I know my body's speaking to me. She's telling me we need some movement, so I'm listening to her. Um and yeah, so that's what I'm doing. It's a workout routine happening. Y'all awesome. won't get you won't get no gym pictures from your girl. I won't. You're not gonna get no results. <laughs> it's not gonna be no length checks, but it's happening and uh let's just hope that this helps my heart for, <laughs> you know, the next several years. Very nice. And that's it. That's the black woman self care this week. All right. Let's hop on into these petty peeves, though. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, Oh, it's our first petty peeves of the year. And um, I thought it would be fun for me to just walk on into this new year with the same old bullshit. Oh, okay. Like that pimp 
came in the door and he's dancing and he's, you know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, I walked it. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? You know, I walked it. <laughs> so I'm going to come, I'm going to come back over with some 2019 petty peeves because I noticed that a few of you tagged me on the internet today. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to address this on the waves as opposed to with my thumbs. Um, there was a young lady who works for the for the for the Dash of Doors. Okay. Uh, who decided that she was going to get uh, real, you know, big dicked on the internet and say that those of us who complain, or those of us who use DoorDash and Postmates and courier services, uh, believe that we are kings and queens when we use these services because we want those services delivered to our door. Girl, and girl. She's like, I'm not getting paid enough to double park my car and walk <laughs> up 16 flights of stairs. And da, da 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 And she's like, and don't tell me nothing about being disabled either because if you are living on the 16th floor, then went on into a whole to-do, right, and just thought she was just so right and so, and you know, just knew what she was talking about. And I would just like to say I am a queen, first of all. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's first, first and foremost. And so are you. But you're also a DoorDash delivery person. That's not a diss. That is what you do. That's your deliver job. Deliver my beloved. food to my door. Your like job. Like somebody else said on the internet, this is not Lobby Dash. This is not door. This is not a foyer dash. Mm-mm. This is not sidewalk dash. Mm-mm. This is not I walk up to your car and get my food from Mm-mm. your driver's window dash. Ain't. This is door dash, That's and right. door means mine. That's it. And the service, and she's talking, and then she tried to call out, and then y'all complain because you paying a two ninety nine delivery fee. No baby doll, I don't ever pay a two ninety nine delivery fee. It is at least five ninety nine plus services, taxes, and tip. So. Again, I am a queen, and I'm also a person who paid for my shit to be delivered to my door. You can take that attitude into another service, another industry, because this one ain't for your girl. Now, I have never, and I, you know who I want to shout out? Instacart. Because I have never, knock on wood, had an issue with any Instacart delivery person. Never. And the two times I've had to meet them downstairs is because there was something wrong with the door to the building. Not of to their not of because of their own laziness. So that's my response to that. Again, DoorDash, Postmates, Caviar, Seamless, all of these things include all of the fees that I pay to get my shit to me. Anyway, that's my petty peeve. What's your petty peeve this week? You know, I'm going to take it all the way back to pre-K. Oh. B- before kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Before even schooling, when, you're, when you were but a tiny tot for Christ and your parents. Yeah. Your parents were teaching you the basic rudiments and fundamentals of being a socialized civilian in society. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Mm. So I'm leaving the gym today. Leaving class at Orange Theory Fitness. (laughs) And, um, you know, we've all worked out with Strength Day. Everybody feels like they have been run over. Yeah. By trucks. We're all barely moving mm-hmm. and very slowly putting on our coats to venture into the elements and go home. 
Um, and this young lady, I, I literally grabbed my coat and stuff off the hanger. I was walking over to a table so I can start to put my layers back on and mm-hmm. and get out. And as I was approaching this table, there was a, a young lady and her heart rate monitor. Um, like she had all her stuff on the table. She picked up all her stuff and went to walk away, but her heart rate monitor was still on the table. So I was like, excuse me. I said, excuse me. Miss, is this your heart rate monitor? She was like, oh, my God. Yes, it is. She turns around, picks it up, and walks off. And I'm like, you're welcome, sis. (laughs) And uh, she turned around and was like, oh, my God. What? I was just just saying you're welcome for the thank you that you did not give me. Because, I mean, I could have just let you leave this $100 heart rate monitor on the table and go on home. I could have sold it on the black market. I could have done all manner of things. (laughs) I thought I was being courteous by making you aware of a mistake that you made, right? You accidentally left your heart rate monitor behind. I thought I was being a good Samaritan by letting you know that you did that. And you just said, oh, my God. And you walked off. You didn't say thank you. I did not have to do that. And she was like, ugh. (laughs) Literally. She gave you a ugh? She was like, ugh. And I was like, I don't know why. I mean, and there was another, it was a black man sitting next to me. And he just looked at me and was just like, we shrugged and like looked at each other. And I was like, you know, they still think, they still think we work for them. (laughs) (laughs) They still think we work for them. And that is fascinating. Okay. See, that's where, see, this is where you're better than me. Cause I would have been like, bitch, I am a doctor. No, <laughs> I'm a doctor. Like, no, okay. I'm a human I being. Want you to know that. And I want you to dignify the fact that I am literally doing nice things for you because, you know, I'm just, also I don't know. that, but I'm ready to flex. I now. just feel like <laughs> these kinds of basic things, like please and thank you. I don't know where we are, but and y'all have to bear with me. Cause I literally just, like I said, I spent 10 days in the very red state of Tennessee and walking mm-hmm. around with emboldened white mm-hmm. people, right? Who How many really... red hats did you see? Did you start counting? I didn't see any red hats, honestly, because they don't wear like ball caps in Tennessee. They wear those cowboy hat things. Oh. But um, oh, they wear them all the time. Yeah, but the thing is, though, it's just like there is there is like an air. There's an air mm-hmm. up in literally in in the atmosphere in the in Tennessee. So I went to Orange Three when I was there too, and. The coaches were doing this weird thing that was very troubling for the introverts like myself, where it was like, if, it was like, is this your first time at our studio? And I was like, oh, my God, I just want to work out. I don't want to have a conversation. But um, <laughs> literally make you like say who you are and say where you're from in front of the class. Right. Like we're in like elementary school or something. So um, I was the first the first class I went to at this particular studio. The people were like when I walked in, I was the only the only thing of color in the room aside from like the workout equipment. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so like literally I walked in the door and it was an audible gas. Like, <gasps> and I was like, Hey everybody. <laughs> hey, I'm not here to clean the room. Don't worry. <laughs> I did not come to stick up the joint. Okay. I'm just here to get my splat points. Just like you sis. Don't worry about me. <laughs> So I experienced like this man, one of the men in the class, like very stealthily meandered his way over toward me and started asking me these questions. It was like I was being vetted. 
Oh. Right? So it was like once he actually was able to establish who I am and that I'm gainfully employed and actually educated <laughs> and credentialed and I have a, a decent job, he was he went back and kind of told everyone that I was cool. And then, you know, the people who were around me started to, like, lighten up and speak. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, wow, did I just get, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I was literally, like, I literally was looking around like, oh, did y'all just, oh, that's yeah, what y'all were doing. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Huh? You're from DC. Do you work for the government? I was like, No. Does your mom? Girl, get away from me! <laughs> <laughs> get away from me! But in those moments, when people start carrying on like that, I very, I have no problem letting everyone know that my name is Takia N. Robinson, PhD. Walk away yes. from me! Yes, yes. Relax I work really on. hard. I pay, I pay hundred, I pay a hundred something dollars to be here. Once per month, just like you, Seth. Please leave me alone. <laughs> but that's my petty peeve. The girls don't Ooh. say please and thank you no more. And that really just blew me away. Oh, and when no I more. called her on it, she didn't even say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. She was just like, ugh. And I said, let me tell you something, niece. Next time... I'm gonna take your wallet. If you leave it behind, I'm just gonna put gonna it in my pocket. And I'm gonna you and and that you know what that's gonna be called? A Carmen, gift. And it's gonna be yours. <laughs> I just okay? can't. Not mine. I'm just. I'll be out here trying to be a Christian, and the devil won't let me be great. Ugh, I hate him. Walk away with your thigh gap. Walk away with your lavender <laughs> and your Jerry beads. <laughs> and your Jerry beads. <laughs> and your oh, CD God. player. Oh that God. is another episode of Getting Grown. Welcome back to 2020, y'all. Um, we're excited to bring you some new things this year. There's going to be a lot more social media engagement. And uh, we've got some fun events and things that we're planning. So we got an uh, anniversary coming up quite soon. Ooh. Three, do. three years three. of Getting Grown. That is mind-boggling. You blacks have been pressing play for three whole years. Whoa. What? Whoa. So we have that, and um, that's going to be exciting. So we got to figure out where we want to do that. Yeah, we're going to have a celebrate, a big fat celebrate somewhere. Yeah. So if you guys want us to bring our kitchen table to your city, let us know. I think that would be amazing. So we want to hear from you all. You better start speaking Maybe we can have like some snacks. Maybe we'll have some snacks. Maybe it'll be like, maybe we'll do like a live graduation ceremony. Oh, my God. How exciting would that be? So many possibilities. The the possibilities are endless. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Be black. Be blessed. Yes. Um, Yeah, and continue to uh, drink your water and moisturize your skin and mind the business that God gave you. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if you... Put hits out on people and nobody (laughs) asked you to do that. My God. (laughs) Bye.